take a a move to the youth and um and and talk to them a little bit man so with the holidays i got my little baby brother in the building um and what he's gonna do you know we like to hear what our age group of 30s and 40s and things of our outlook on our millennium generation he is generation z coming behind us and coming into the full range of technology and social media and the clout of likes and follows and if no one is following you or you don't have that many likes the pressure of their age group and what they go through and the daily life of 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 generation z um, you know, my brother's upbringing is a little an ideal of the regular 20-year-old. You know, my brother, from the age of 12 years old, after fifth grade, um, he did not spend any schooling with general population of kids. You know, homeschool, moved to California, overnight sensation of, you know, actor, singer, things like that. And he just lived a different lifestyle of your average teenager that was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let him give us a little spill on on how things are and see what see how the generation Z think a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Um well I've been in California, LA for about what five, six years now. Mm-hmm. I've been on Disney, HBO, as in straight out of Compton. Um, I don't work with a couple artists and projects, um, people that are signed to Atlantic Records, et cetera. Um, as far as my upbringing, it has been very different because of me moving out. Me, well, not moving out, moving away from um, Savannah, Georgia. Um, so at about what, 12, 13, about fifth, sixth grade, um, I became homeschooled. And it was mostly because I was booking a lot of jobs and I didn't have time to um, dedicate any time to really go to school or to catch the bus or to have lunch or et cetera. So I spent most of my time doing auditions, reading for roles, shooting films. And yeah, that's pretty much how it was as of right now, because I've been still doing it for so long. Um, a lot of the things that the normal um, teen population would have gone through, I kind of skipped over it. You know, like a lot of things I didn't have, like graduation, I didn't have really a prom. 
I didn't have lockers, man. <laughs> you changed class. Yeah, I didn't have lockers. We didn't have like an intermission where you could pass through friends and speak, you know. It was just get up, either in your pajamas or not, and you get into a Skype or a Zoom or whatever. And I still don't know how I did it, but I did, and I'm grateful. Um, but I don't recommend it to people because it's not for the weak-minded, and you lose a lot of your social skills being at a computer all the time. Mm. Yeah, and luckily, I'm still a social bug. I still like to communicate with people. I still like to hang out, talk to people, meet new people. But if you already aren't, it's not anything that's going to benefit you, you know? So let me ask you this. But the social part, right, mm. is that just because the bookings and knowing that you got to be actively sociable with people on set and have to be sociable because you have so many casting calls and things like that? Or is that just the demeanor that you have because you're a sociable person? But is, Or is that something you got to turn on and off? Um, I've always been a social person, um, especially when I was like three, four, as you know. Um, when I was four, three, I started singing, modeling, dancing at shows already. And um, I was pretty outgoing. But the only, the only big, the biggest difference between California and Georgia is it's so judgmental out there. Like, if you go out there, um, when I first got, went out there five years ago, it was this, you had to have this specific persona, and you had to be either light-skinned with curly hair or um, a black kid with any type of hair um, or a specific height. Um, I struggled with um, insecurities as far as um, how my skin looked, how people viewed me, how my teeth looked, um, because at that time, it was a very mixed population. So it was like, you have to be mixed to book this job, you have to be mixed to this. And luckily, I wasn't super dark, but I wasn't super light either. So I kind of had the privilege of doing both things, you know? So let me ask you this. So how did you feel being 13, 15, mm -hmm. but your voice changing? And you getting bigger than everybody and can't Man. book the Disney Channel teen roles because you don't look like the age that they were booking, but you are the age. Yeah. Um, well, oh, it was it was a huge struggle because um as a singer, I was singing Beyonce. Like I was singing Love on Top, and my range was incredible. As soon as I hit, like you said, 13, 14, 15, around the time where your voice normally drops for the ideal male, I literally stopped singing. Mm. I, I became incredibly insecure about my voice and when to use it, when not to use it. So I literally started dancing completely. Mm. And if you, would, if you go back and look maybe on my social media or whatever, you'll see there's like a little long time period of just Jalen the dancer, you know? And that's what a lot of people started to know me for because of how insecure I was about my voice. So, yeah, man, it was just, oh, it was hectic. Like, and then to have the normal kid of people waking up and going to school, but you just, because you were Skyping and Zooming before it got down to the Georgia population. Yeah, the pandemic, that yeah. Before the, well, way before the pandemic, but mm -hmm. before it became a big, big thing. Um, you were being 
Zoom via Zoom and Skype before it was just a huge thing. Like, how learning that young, like, how did you adjust to that? And knowing, how did you be able to discipline yourself of waking up and just saying that you didn't have to, quote unquote, wake up, wake up and, you know, ride the bus or anything like that? Well, how, how did you discipline yourself? I'm just, it was just mostly just trying to make my parents proud. It wasn't even, because I hated being homeschooled. I really wanted to go to school because I had a bunch of friends that were also in the industry. Um, like my homegirl, Shaylin, she was literally going to school and still booking, still performing and everything. But she was also out there longer than me as well. So they had developed, they had developed a scheme already. Um, so it was a lot easier for her to maneuver her family. Um, but it was just, you just, you just kind of have to say, what am I going to do? Am I going to, do I want to graduate? Or do I want to drop out like every other childhood actor did and then book a bunch of jobs, you know? And I was like, I think I want to improve my craft any way I can. And the only way I can do that is to graduate. So I can go to a music school or a production school or whatever my interest is at that time. I remember when I was in high school and senior year, senior junior year. So that means you were about three or four. And you would sit by the cheerleaders and you would just, they would cheer and yell and you were just so sociable. You would go along with it and people would laugh. They're like, man, you he over there cheering with the cheerleaders and people didn't understand that that was just your demeanor because you were just a kid that just had joy. And I mean, an adolescent that young that you just you carefree, free spirited. And to think that just you being carefree and just a free spirit like that, like it's, it's crazy how to see how you turned out later on to just become a, a sensation. You know, I can remember sharing your videos of that was when Michael Jackson first died. That was your blow up. Yep. When Michael Jackson first died, I mean, you were MJ. That is where you, you became noticeable. And just to think that young and to see idols of people that's way older than me, and you latch on to that and you latch on because now Michael Jackson, you're the Chris Brown now because we grew up on MJ mm -hmm. and Usher. But you seen Chris Brown, you know, but you seen the idol and the guy that it started all with. And you went from the top to learn from that and skip Usher. You skip Usher. You didn't even you didn't even think to even like Usher. Like you went from Mike to oh Chris Breezy. Bet. Like, so with the dancing thing, you just continue with the dancing though. Like instead of the singing part, we just said, okay, I'ma just go to dance. Well, when like I said, when my voice dropped, um, because you already know I was already a dancer and I was um classically trained in ballet jazz, contemporary hip hop. Um, but I was like, if I want to be successful, I have to be well-rounded in everything. So while I was learning to dance better, doing ballet, jazz, contemporary, hip-hop, I was also learning how to sing opera and country music and jazz and 
you know, because especially as a black man, as a black young man, especially, you're already losing. You know what I'm saying? You're already losing in a lot of different areas. So I don't want to give someone an excuse to say, oh, Jalen can't do that because, no, nah, I can do it. I can do it for sure. I can sing this song, this song. I can dance to this song and this song. So what's up? Give me my money. Yeah. You were just so young, and then you were vibrant. And then me, everybody, I was just so chill. And it's like, damn, he got so much energy. But I, I'm a sociable person, too. But I'm just not a go dance and go sing. It's just like I, I chose a different route. But even with that, though, then watching how the world transitioned, right? So Instagram, TikTok, FaceTime, all of that came all at your disposal of you went from seeing me go outside all day, every day, playing, playing sports, always outside the house. But then as you became a teen, getting up to an adult, how everybody stayed in the house. How, how, what, what goes to your mind? Honestly, I, I feel like it kind of sucks. Because when I was what? When I was maybe uh, 10 before I even moved, you saw me going out with uh, Mike, Isaiah, the homies, playing basketball, football, going to the park, et cetera. But it's strange because now people just want to sit on the couch. People just want to scroll on TikTok. And most people want to get active. Do you, you know? find yourself falling into that trap too? Now? Now that you're an adult? Mm, not really. The only reason I ever really stay home is if I have a lot of homework. You know, if I have a lot of homework, or if I'm just stressed and I have, because I have like 10 classes. Yeah. So if I'm stressed or I'm struggling mentally, I'll stay home. <laughs> I'll stay home and just, you know, rest, relax, or study, or do some music. That's all I can really do. Other than that, I'll go out and hang out with some friends. So you're about to be 21 years old. Mm -hmm. All right. The average 20, 19, 16 year old, anywhere from 16 to 21 when I was growing up. It was going out, partying, sneaking, drinking, maybe sneaking, smoking, things like that, right? Then that's in Georgia. But then you go to Hollywood, you go to Burbank, go to L.A., you see, you know, Disney Channel sensations to where it ain't the petty weed. It ain't, oh, no. you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, no. you, you see so much of the, the it, it escalates real quick. Yeah. How you stay grounded? Honestly, just, just wanting to be the best. You know, everybody's out there doing shrooms and coke and all of these different life drugs. All you can say is, what would Michael Jackson do? Or, you know what I'm <laughs> like, literally, that's all you can really say is, what would Beyonce do in these situations? Think of the grace. What would Whitney do before she, you know what I'm saying? Like, what would these people do? Because if I want to be up there, I can't be, oh, I gotta take a shot. Or I gotta smoke. I gotta do this. Because the same reason why a lot of them artists can't perform is because of that same reason. They don't know how to stay focused and grounded. And I don't want to be that person. Actually. And that that's a that's a that's a good um, good mentality to have because a lot of people your age, kids your age, they just want to be famous so much that they would just follow the crowd. Yeah, you know, and they would want to do what everybody else is doing because that's just what's what's being shown. Yeah, and a lot of time it works. A lot of time it works. Well, how so? 
Because when you hang around, say, uh, say, I'm a, say like Johnny Bravo. Okay. He's a cartoon dude, but okay. say he has like two million followers. Okay. He throws a party. He's doing all the drugs, got everything laid out. If you go do the drugs, he's going to follow you. And then he's going to repost you. And then y'all might hang out more. And then he might teach you how to sell. And you know what I'm saying? And then boom, now you got half a million followers overnight or in three days or in two months. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times that's how it happens. So it's just showing that, you know, is get get down or lay down or you go alone and get alone. Yeah. And and with the pressure of that though, being your age and being in California, because you're not in Georgia, and to know that there are certain things you have to go along with to per se become famous or to explode onto you know the scene. What what goes to your mind though? Because you've been there since thirteen. You're twenty one now. You may not feel like you've gotten. After six, seven years, yeah. you're not where you think that you should have been. Mm. But how do you stay morally grounded to not fall into that because of just wanting the greed of money or success, the money and the power and the fame, and to stay grounded with your morals and, and what you were taught growing up to just stay humble, to move in a fashion that's the right way and with it. And however, when you're moving in the right direction, it's going to come to you in the time frame and the way that it's supposed to come. How, how do you stay? That's it. It's, it's so easy. It's so easy to get lost. So easy to forget who you are. And it's so easy for you to forget where you're at. Just like, uh, say you take, take a lot of edibles or something. More than you can handle. And all of a sudden, you don't know if you're putting your shoe on your head or your wrist. And that's how it is. Yeah, that's how it is. You can easily get lost. As soon as you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, you're no longer who you used to be. And that's just with just one try. So it's, so, because in that, all right, so this is how I see it too then. Because I don't believe that, but I see that's how the world sees. Whatever you do one time, that's who you are and what you are. You know what I'm saying? Because they always say weed is the gateway drug to a lot of things. Well, I disagree with it being the gateway drug. I'm just saying a lot of times that's how it happens. If you do it one time and you see success with it or somebody follows you or whatever, you're like, oh, I'm going to keep doing it because it's, you know, it's a spiral. Of course, there are people in cases where like you try once and you never do it again. But nowadays it's like, oh, I'm going to do it. Oh, you doing it too? Are we all doing it? I bet I'm going to keep doing it because you know what I'm saying? The people that are popping right now are doing it. Yeah. And that's how celebrityism mm -hmm. is and, <laughs> yes. and rap. Yes. And so when you in the singing, huh. are you looking more still being an artist? Or are you going towards more of just being behind the scenes? I want to be the best. The best artist, the best vocalist, the best musician. I want to be the best, period. Of course, it's going to take a lot of work, but that's what I want to be. I don't mind being behind the scenes briefly, but I would prefer everybody to know that I'm the GOAT. So what's your focus? Right now, my focus is just simply making hits. You know, because anybody can be a good singer. My um, One of my vocal coaches um, was just telling me this. 
um, a couple weeks ago, and he was saying, do you know how many great singers there are? And I was like, there are a lot. There are millions and millions of great singers out there. Singers better than Michael Jackson, Chris Brown, me, Beyonce, millions of singers better than everyone, okay? But how many of them are successful? You have to be able to write. You have to be able to record. You have to be able to make a hit to make any money. Do you want to be a background singer the rest of your life, or do you want to be a millionaire or a billionaire? You know what I'm saying? And that's where it comes from, making great music, being a good musician, not just a good singer. So in, in California, is it making a plan on your own, or is it being coached? What do you mean? And the direction that you go, on you saying that just being the best, that being well-rounded, are you, are you basically when you go into step into that California life, mm. right? And the entertainment business in Hollywood, mm. to knowing how much well-rounded you are and have different skills, right? Singing, dancing, you can write. But to narrow down of saying you want to be the best, right? But with all three of these things, can you be the best doing all three of them at the same time? How are you coordinated and how are you being able to narrow down one or two but saying I'm gonna focus on this once I once I perfect this this will open up this but is it a decision or are you coached that way? It's a decision. And I, I think it it simply has to be because the only way you can be successful is doing something that you love and enjoy the way you want to do it. If you do it any other way you're not gonna do it. So check it. All right. So the quest. So all right. So when I ask that question, mm -hmm. say like football. Mm -hmm. All right. In the combine, come out playing a certain position in college, mm -hmm. but then or high school. But when you are recruited, coaches say, "Hey, look, I think you're better at this position. We're gonna make you the best at this position." All right. When someone comes to you. Or they say in the entertainment business, all right, you can sing, you can dance. However, you are a way better dancer. I think you need to focus on that, right? Has anybody come to you in that direction yet? No, because my vocal ability is undeniable. And the only thing, the only thing that I've heard is um, take a break from singing. Take a break from music and focus on acting. Or take a break from acting and focus on music. And when it when it when it's put that way, as far as taking a break and not stopping it, you can do that. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're a musician or an entertainer, you do a music video, you're acting. You know what I'm saying? You sing a song, you're acting. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just it's just really just how you look at it. If someone says, like Lamar Jackson, for example, when he was in a combine, they wanted him to play running back. I'm sure you heard. Receiver, yeah. So he said no. And he showed him that he could play quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's literally how it is. When people are questioning you and your ability, show them that you can do it. That's always my motivation personally, which is why I'm like, I got to be the best at this, or I got to practice this more. I got to take 11 classes to be the best vocalist or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because how many people are out there doing that? But you know, we we brothers, so we we definitely know that because we come from the same tree. So that's how I feel too. Let me ask you this: so knowing that you're twenty, right? 
you're growing up in a, a society where social issues that's around the world, Black Lives Matter, things like that is so visible that you see it every day. Now, growing up, you had to really catch the news, well, as in turn on the TV or read the newspaper. Then when you read the newspaper back when I was 16, 17 years old, it was a two, three-day delay. You know what I'm saying? A two-day two day lag on the newspaper, right? How do how are you able to navigate through life, you know, and seeing so much trauma being plastered on the TV or on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just seeing those videos of people dying on the streets, of people being shot on live or killing themselves on live. How do you handle that? How do your mental state, you know, intact with being so young and then having so much going on with your outside life of being in Hollywood? Um, this is a very, it's a very tough question because it varies on the day. Some days I can say, wow, I'm glad somebody posted it because now we all know. Better question. All right. <laughs> since that since that was tough for you, better question. <laughs> Bro, you just got out of lockdown six months ago. Yeah. Now go. Wow. Ooh, I was pissed. Six months ago. So how how is your mental? Knowing that you've been on lockdown oh, and shut down wow. for a year and a half. Yeah. Over a year. A yeah. full calendar year of lockdown. Yeah. And then seeing all of that stuff. Yeah. And can only be in the house, getting six feet apart, wearing a mask, cannot go in certain restaurants, can't do anything, can't go in your clubhouse that you usually used to go in all the time, can't go in the pool like you used to do. Yeah. Like, now tell me your mental. Oh, now... Honestly, it's just wow, trying to stay safe. It's it's so hard because it's so much going on constantly. And it's good that we are able to see it, but it can also be detrimental mentally, you know? And I have a lot of friends that are literally crying and hurting every day because they don't know how everyone else is handling it. Just because their situation is good. You know what I'm saying? Um, so they feel bad. Yeah, they feel bad because they can't do anything. Like, I even have friends that don't want to have kids. Being, oh, man, yes. Like, they don't want to have kids because they don't yes. know what the world's going to be like when they get kids. Yes. yes. And I was like, it's crazy to even consider not having kids. It's crazy because I feel like we are the generation that can change all of this. And we have to. We have no other choice with the people that have the biggest problem with it. Everyone else that's older than us are kind of been going through it all their life. We just kind of see it. Y'all you know see it now. Y'all yeah. see it firsthand. Exactly. It's not the sit down by the campfire and, exactly. hear, the, and hear the stories anymore. Mm -hmm. You're you're firsthand side by side. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And and but is it the fear of not how the world is gonna be, but not knowing exactly how to be responsible enough to raise your kids to where they are secure in the right things and doing the right thing and not falling victim to those things because of teaching morals? I mean, for me, because I want to have kids, I personally just feel like under once you understand who you are, you understand who your kids are going to be. I'm very hard-headed. I don't like to listen sometimes. 
I pick and choose who I decide to listen to. Like sometimes I don't listen to my own dad, even though he's right 98% of the time, but I listen to anyone else that says the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? But once I, once I start to understand how I function, I'll begin to understand how my kid will function. Well, then I'll be able to teach my kid the way I wish I was taught. You know? So it's literally going to just simply be um, a lesson and it's going to take time. But like I said, the more you learn who you are as a person, the better understanding you'll have of how your kid will potentially be like. As far as people that don't want to have kids, I think it's just a fear of not being able to teach them and prepare them for what the world is. That's what I thought it was. Because I kind of figured, you know, because I have people that two, three years under me, um, that a lot of them still don't have kids. Friends still don't have kids in their 30s. And a lot of them, I think even when we were in our early 20s, we started realizing the way that the world was and started saying, damn, do we really want kids in this world? You know what I'm saying? And how of understanding who will be there to take care of us. Will they be trusted? Will they be, will they know what to do to, to keep us, you know, keep our sanity or to, to keep us healthy as our future doctors and our future lawyers? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the thought that we have because even with you, I mean, 20 years old, 11 years, it's not so bad, but you got people like, you know, eight years old, 10 years old, that's going to be taking care of me. You know, that's going to be, it's not pretty much, they're going to be taking care of you, but more so I'm going to be old. And those are going to be my nursing home aides or mm-hmm. my doctors or, you know, God forbid something happened, my lawyers, you know what I'm saying? So are they going to be prepared in the educational part to be ready to take on the world? Because TikTok, Instagram, taking over everybody's attention. Yeah. Are they really focused on the books? Are they really focused on being great, like how you're saying that you're doing? Are they really trying to take, or do they just want to be great? Or the thought of being great because of what they see on social media? I think that starts at home. Oh, we know that. Yeah, I feel like as long as your parents are motivating you and they have the right mindset and they're keep they're limiting your time um, on social media and different things, you'll become great. You know, I wasn't, uh, I got my phone when I was 13. Kids are getting it like when they're six or seven. You know what I'm saying? You it shouldn't happen. I got mine at 14, 15. Yeah, like I don't see why they need a phone right now. I don't see why they need an Instagram right now. I don't see why they need any of these things, but parents are so lenient nowadays. They're like, ah, my kid can get this. My kid can get this. I'm not going to be like that. I never forget. I was seeing a post that you posted one time. You was like, you know, the older heads get so mad that because the, the parents don't raise us like they raised y'all, but they weren't, yeah, the way that they raised y'all weren't preparing y'all for the world that we live in now. But I don't think that's true. I think the values that we were taught from Generation X, I think those values keep us intact not to follow suit with everything that we see and want to follow behind versus 
being lenient and wanting to still live your life because you're still young, but you got kids, it lets the kids fall victim to just whatever because you're not there. Yeah. It's like you said, it starts from home, but if they're not home and these kids are raising themselves or grandma's raising them, how much energy do grandma really have to watch and run behind? Exactly. Because granddaddy's not there yep. to put the hammer down. Mm. It's grandma. You know, so it's crazy how you say how they're so lenient, but you were brought up in the generation and the raising of the leniency. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I was. Well, to an extent. I'm not going to say I wasn't, but to an extent, I was. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I showed a lot of responsibility early on where they were like, okay, you can get a phone. Okay, you can stay out past 10 on this day. Not all the time, but some days I could. Or was that just learning from my mistakes and flipping the strip? <laughs> I mean, listen. When, <laughs> really, watching when me were, get in trouble When you were doing things, I barely could comprehend them. Mm. Like, I barely remember anything. That happened when you was in high school and I was young. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I remember is like um, the ambulance situation. <laughs> and then I remember uh, you telling me to go to sleep and I was afraid of the dark. And you cut the light off and you shut the door. Those are the only two things I remember. That's it. Maybe, uh, oh girl, uh, last girl, that's it. But other than that, I don't remember barely anything. I don't really remember going to your high school, watching you play sports. I don't remember. Uh, you know, cheerleading. I don't remember nothing. I remember our rose look faintly, but that's about it. So I can't really say that I learned um, from your mistakes. Maybe I can say I learned from hearing your mistakes. <laughs> they talk about them a lot. <laughs> but I, haven't, I didn't really have the privilege of witnessing it completely to my memory. So hearing it, computing it in your mind, mm -hmm. And narrowing it down, taking notes. Uh -huh. Now, same question. Okay. Is that taking notes from mistakes and flipping the strip? Because you hear what the mistakes that I made from the story is like, oh shit, I'm not gonna do that then. Because they already looking for that. Uh I don't know, because maybe subconsciously. Because I can't <laughs> I can't really pinpoint it now, but potentially subconsciously, because you know. When we hear things and we're like, I, don't, I can't do that, I definitely did it, but uh, I don't really think about it um, as far as oh, I just did that, maybe I shouldn't do that. I just kind of go like, uh, mm, that doesn't sound like the best idea, and he probably did it. <laughs> Damn. You know what I'm saying? Oh, if it's wrong, he did that shit. <laughs> he did that so, shit. If it's wrong, he did it. Yeah, I was like, or maybe he tried it, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, a lot of times I just try to Stay less problematic as possible because it keeps your family, your parents comfortable with you and who you are. Kyle Rittenhouse, verdict. Ah, I, mm, I don't like it. I'm not okay with it. Um, simply because if you kill anybody, you should go to prison. It's not just, um, not just a race thing for people to go to jail if they kill black people. Um, if he kills anybody, people of color, 
another Caucasian, an Asian. It doesn't matter. I feel like if you kill someone, you should go to jail if it's not self-defense. You know what I'm saying? And that's not how people look at it. And I was looking at this other case who was a young lady. She was a black girl, 16 years old. Um, she was being sex trafficked. Mm-hmm. And she killed her sex trafficker in self-defense mm-hmm. and they threw her in life, they threw her in prison for life. Um, and that's a problem. Because that's blatant self-defense. Exactly. So, okay, so if you break it down, just because his was not blatant self-defense, mm-hmm. but if you look down by the law, just be honest, is it really self-defense, though? Honestly, from the story that you hear, yeah. <laughs> okay, <then. laughs> But the thing is, if you talk to the people that were there, it wasn't self-defense. And it wasn't just one of those situations where, like, he was like, ah, oh, I shot two people, I'm going to go home, or I'm going to see if they're okay. He was like, let's go shoot some other people, which is a problem. So did he shoot the other people, or were people still trying to come at him? I would go at him if he shot two people, too. Why? Because he, listen, listen, would you have- Would you go save the people, or would you try to attack him? You're right. I would save the people. I get what you're saying. Exactly. I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, Bro, that machine, that that, that big-ass gun. but, But just thinking about it, it sounds like he was looking to kill people. All right, so he was looking to kill people, right? That's what it looks like. Okay, so he was, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so it looks like he's looking to kill people, yeah. right? Because he showed up with a uh, a military. And he's a minor. Okay, right? <laughs> and he's a minor. But let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Were there other people at that protest that decided to take their guns just in case of something happened? Yeah. Do we not know is that what he did? How is he so pinpointed to think that he went there to kill? Because we know what world we live in. Not saying he deliberately went there to kill. I'm just saying what it visually looks like. But if you go in somewhere and you're either a person of color or you're Caucasian, you have something going on. You want something to get done. It's different if you have a handgun. Okay. That was not a handgun. There's no self-defense. But it's deep, man. Like, it's a lot of people. That, a handgun. I, we're, we're, as black people, we have to carry a handgun. Exactly. You're right. So we can't look at the cases what we're able to do because yeah. we are handicapped by mm-hmm. that. So when we're looking at it saying, well, damn, why he didn't take a handgun? Mm-hmm. Because he's privileged. Exactly. But, that, but that's, that's more the reason why it's an issue for him to take a military weapon. But if you are, okay, so let me ask you this. If it was a, a protest, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Black people, and we were able to take a machine gun, mm-hmm. would you take it? Yes. Okay. You would take it though, right? But you know why? Because why? Because we're public enemy number one. Okay. That's the only reason we okay. would take it. Okay. If we didn't have any fear, if okay. we had the option, we wouldn't take it. But as black people, we fear big crowds anyway. Bro, how many black people want to be around a whole ass of people and don't know what and don't know them? Around a whole bunch of people that you don't know because when we go in a crowd of us, mm-hmm. do we not clam up because we don't know what that dude thinking about? Yeah, like, shit. I don't know what he on, bro. He look 
Mm-hmm. You look around, you look left, look right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you already on guard once you go to a, a, a group of people, whether it's a people of color or a whole bunch of, don't, when you go in a crowd of white folk, don't you feel uncomfortable too? When you get in a crowd of people you don't know, mm-hmm. you, your paranoia or whatever of just of what you witness on TV mm-hmm. or just as a person of color, you don't care what color of the group you're in. You just, like you said, you feel like public enemy number one. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you brought this up because a couple of weeks ago, hanging out with my friends, um, we were walking. It was a big group. Like you said, it was a big group. And um, the police were circling around where we were. We were, like, leaving the mall, and they were walking past. They were, like, driving past. And they drove back. They drove past, like, once first and then twice, and it was very suspicious. And then they did it a third time. And um, me being me, I walked away from the group. <laughs> it wasn't the best idea. It wasn't. It was not the best idea. It wasn't it was at not all. the safest idea. But not at all. I felt more comfortable walking away with three or four of my homies than I would staying in the big group. Why? I have no idea. But when I walked away, I felt a lot safer. We were able to cut through a different area, and we got to where we were going safely. You know what I'm saying? That sounds like a recipe to get kicked, oh, no, to get you're not beat wrong. up. You are not to get beat wrong. down. You are not assaulted. Wrong. Brutality. Yeah, you are not wrong. And I'm not saying I'm not justifying what I did, but I'm speaking um, to your point. We don't want to be in big groups when we're uncomfortable. Yeah, I was cool with the big group <laughs> until five boats started driving by. Which is a problem. You shouldn't be, especially with friends, I shouldn't have felt uncomfortable enough to just disappear with four of my friends in a big group of people. But, I shouldn't have been uncomfortable. But just imagine a group of people you don't know. Exactly. A group of people you don't know. And that's the only thing that I just keep asking everybody about. I think no matter what that we try to justify about it, yes, it's about knowing that if he was black, he wouldn't be able to do that. You're right. If he was black, he wouldn't have been handcuffed, taken lightly, probably would have shot at Yes. But the the action of what happened, what is the story about did somebody, what made that first shot go off? Honestly, we can't really say anything about it because you don't know. But let's think, though. Did nobody, not one news report said he went and started shooting. No news report said that. They did not start explaining the story until they said once he was being chased, he got he started shooting. What makes someone chase him? Before a shot goes off, you have somebody with that big ass gun. Exactly. What happened? The why, world may never know. That's why, why he's don't, not guilty. Why don't we know? Because somebody's covering it up. Because they know that shit was so. Be- nah. Because if it wasn't, yeah. if we did the the guy that went and shot up that church in Charleston, mm-hmm. we know he went in there and shot that shit up on purpose. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. From start to finish, we know that. Yeah. Why is it bits and pieces off of this one? And he shot his own. 
lot of bits and pieces taken off of that. I mean, because it easily could have just been he didn't like the process. It could have been sadly, it could have been anything. What would make his own people mm-hmm. turn on him like that? His own people. And being prejudiced. Nowadays, this generation, we don't care what race you are. We don't see race nowadays. Just like the LGBTQ community, we don't see race, we don't see gender, we don't see anything anymore. Just what you say and what comes out of your mouth. So he easily could have said something towards... So he could have yelled, fuck y'all. He, yeah, literally. He could have yelled anything. Not only that, you have to take into consideration how sensitive this generation is. All right. So he easily could have said something about somebody's mama, somebody being a nigga, somebody being anything. And so, they could have been like, why are you saying that? Is that still murder? If he says fuck you, your mama stink, your mama's a hoe, your mama's fat. Does that justify you chasing him? When he let off them shots as you're chasing him, is that still murder? I mean, it honestly, it doesn't sound smart to say anything to him, period. I know. So I don't know why. I, so what are we, so again, I'm asking, why are we saying that? No, if all of that happened, mm-hmm. is that still self-defense? Look, Based on <laughs> so, what are we mad about? Because the media is telling us to be mad. Why? I'm not mad. I'm not mad because you're um, still you're you're up in arms because we couldn't have done it. Yes, and I'm also I'm also feel some type of way because other girls still in prison. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? From like, the from the girl yeah. from the like so so that is your here. so that's your okay. Yeah, so that's, that's you. my issue. Okay, yeah. that's you. Okay. If he's killing people and it was self-defense, okay. But somebody else had a similar issue and it was actually self-defense with facts and information to prove it. We're just kind of loopholing, hearing bits and pieces of the story and having to put it together. So of course, if they don't have a case, he's not guilty. So does it come to a point with you have a good attorney or not? Yeah, always. Always. And race and, you know what I'm saying? Everything plays a factor nowadays because we still have... Mm, OJ killed a white woman. And he was represented by a black lawyer. But Kelly got off first time. Michael Jackson got off black. Yeah. So is it the financial backing? Could mm, be. Is it really race? Yeah, it could be that too. But is it? I just named a whole bunch of black guys that got off. You did, but you also named black men in power. No, not black men in power. Well, black men with money. Thank you. So again, that's what I said. Is it look, the financial backing? Think of look, look at look at it like this, right? If you don't have money, mm-hmm. what is the next thing you're gonna look at? Your upbringing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how you look. Yeah, and yeah, the company you keep. Okay. And if you have money, what are you gonna look at? Your money. That's it. That's the biggest difference. So if you don't have money, you shouldn't have to look at me and say, oh, yeah, Jalen doesn't have money. He's black, though, so he probably did it. But if I have money, I'll have an actual fighting chance, and that's the problem. If you are Caucasian, you don't have to have much money to get off of a case. Because you're Caucasian. Exactly, and that's the problem. That's the problem. We're running into the same issues here. She is in prison right now because she didn't have the right lawyer. Because she didn't have the money. That should not be an issue. It shouldn't. But it is. And you're right. And and my thing is, like I said, I asked that question because I want to see everybody's front of what are they outraged about. But a lot of people are just because 
if he was black. When it wouldn't be that way. But, you know, it's, never gonna change, though. it's not. And and the thing about it is I'm just asking that because when are we going to get away from the the race and the look part of what are we going to do differently to move forward on it with just crying about because of the way we look? Because <laughs> just like you said, do you ever believe that's going to change? Yeah. You do? Yeah. So what is going to change it? Um, just simply how my generation functions. Okay. You're not our ancestors. Y'all not our ancestors. Exactly. Gotcha. We're not, we don't think as if we're being, well, a lot of us don't. I'm not going to speak for the entire population. Um, a lot of us don't think like we're being chained down constantly. You know what I'm saying? We know we've already been chained down. We get it. What are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? We're going to show people what this is. We're going to make statements. We're going to try to inform everyone. We're going to try to do these different things the only way we can, which is why it's always on social media, or you see people talking about it on podcasts, or you see people on TikTok talking about it, or you see people trending about it, because we want to inform people what it really is. Because if enough people know, things will have to change. You're right. And it's, it's going to take people of my generation to keep you guys up. Because, again, you guys see a lot of what we go through, but y'all see a lot of the ones before us go through a lot of shit. But they're older. You know what I'm saying? You hear stories about how your dad and my mom, you know, 80s and 70s and 90s go through. But to be honest, the 90s was a time to be alive. Early 2000s was a time to be alive. But in the 80s, 70s, anything before that, that was the struggle. Yeah. That was the struggle. And that's what built values. That struggle. That struggle built values. And as the times went on, it got softer, softer. And like you said, leniency. Because of one more. And, and even after that, I want to ask you this. They say stay angry. Mm-hmm. You really believe that? They angry? I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And like, that's crazy, but why 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 is that the model? Why is that to stay dangerous and stay angry? Like why are they telling y'all generation and our people that now? Honestly, I have not heard that once. Obama said it. I haven't heard it. He just said it. That's why it's crazy. I have not heard that. The only thing, the only thing I at least concern myself with and my peers is not stay dangerous, stay educated. That's it. Knowledge is power. God. If we're walking around here with guns or whatever, we're gonna be exactly what everyone wants us to be. And you know, damn man, you are my brother. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to. (laughs) You weren't adopted. Okay, you weren't adopted. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm glad you, you know, through the holidays that I got a chance to finally get you to see. I remember when I first told you about what I was starting to do, you know, um, you were producing and I'll never forget I told you about it and I wanted you to be a part of it. You know, it was, you know, anything that you have your stamp on it, you want it to be perfect. You want to, yeah. you want to know what's going on. You know, you kind of shot me some shit before and it's, I was like, damn, little bro did me like that. But, you know, and then I even asked you about how you feel. And after you've heard it for this long, 
and you not being here, all you see is what I post. Mm -hmm. I don't think you've ever seen the work that I put in. Mm -hmm. All this whole trip that you were here, all you see me is on the computer, gone. That's so funny because I get what you're saying. That's how it feels about um, with mom and dad. They're literally like, um, they always make me do different things and they're always like, go do this, go do that, go do this. And I'm like, wait, I have 11 classes. I have a show to do. I have this song to finish. I have this project to finish. When can I have time to work on the things that I need to get done? And mom told me this. She always tells me this. And she says, me and your dad forget that you have so much on your plate because of how easy you make it. And it's some trash. It is. some trash. Because I know a lot of people. It's I have bullshit. A lot of yeah, I have a lot of because, friends. Because we ask them, buy me this. Buy me that. Yep. Buy me this. But then they say money don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. But then if we hit them with some shit and say, well, mom, all the lights are always on. The water's always running. You always buy us food. We thought the way that you make buying us shit so much easy, we thought you make it look so easy like money grows on trees. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, but even with the trip, you know, you just see me just always on the computer. You you hear me. You walk past the room and I'm all of asleep to it. Yeah. I'm playing it. I'm listening to film. Over and over again, yeah. Over and over and over and over again. And I made it my mission. When you said what you was just like, you know, I just want to, where's your vision? I don't think. And I wanted to prove a lot of people that this is what... I wanted to do. This is yeah. something that I wanted. This is something that's a passion and this is a love that I have to educate and help move my people. Yeah. And and it's open to everybody. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, like I always said, I created this for you also. Mm-hmm. So you don't ever, wherever you're going through in California, that you don't ever have to go and ask somebody for a job. Yeah. You always have this platform. You can make as many mistakes as you want with this. You can fuck up. You can become the best doing this because you don't have a micromanage. You don't have any pressure. And nobody's looking at you like you came in this supposed to be perfect. I don't look at you any different than who you were to me before this started and while it's going on and even after it's gone further and further, further. But my thing is, what is your growth in which you become to better yourself that you never had to ask anybody for anything? A legacy was built between our family. And you the one that started this. You took a jump and a leap. You know, sometimes I, I keep asking you questions about, did you take notes? Is it that you found the things that, that I did that you felt like you said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it differently. You know why I ask that? Because just because I'm the older brother don't mean anything, a lot of things that you did, I learned from. What you mean? I watched you go and be a a Disney Channel sensation, right? I, I watched you go and take a chance. Acting, singing, dancing, producing, and all that. Not being in school, still doing what you're doing. Learning from hearing the stories of the mistakes that you make, the things you don't get, the things that you do get, the calls that you get back. Learn all of that. And then I said, all right, if he's 20 years old, he's been there since he's 12, 
why is he not doing what he needs to do? Ah, he's a California. You're dealing with millions and millions of dollars and some things that you they want you to do that you may not want to do. Mm -hmm. Your morals are going to step in. You know what I'm saying? And things like that, your 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 pride, the morals are gonna uh, are gonna step in because money is not everything. Mm -hmm. So how do I save my brother from that? From becoming someone who has to sell out for a dollar? I take the mistakes he made, see the things that he do. Well, mom, he's he producing, so what what equipment is he buying? Okay, so what he doing? He's singing, okay, taking all of that and not realizing. That was a gift that I had myself, but I'm older, been in life longer, but I've learned mistakes from somebody younger than me. So now it's like, now it's even more prone for him to trust Big Brother, because he's older. I got something going, but you ain't got to learn from nobody. Got you. No matter what. And that's why I did it. It was always for you. Kel and Jaylee, they love you too. Kel want to be a coder. Jaylee's always saying, like, subscribe in the comment box. <laughs> she's, she's prepared. She's ready. You know what I'm saying? So, so just looking at you guys and saying, you know what? My partner, Kenneth, you know, in the last episode, he said, who will be the next Michael Jordan or the Michael Jackson of your family? And then I look around and I say, well, shit, it has to be me. Everybody, because I'm the only one that is willing to be tried, but never denied. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I have nothing and no care in the world to, to stop. Mm -hmm. And everybody is still, everybody else has really doing their own thing. But are they really wanting to keep pursuing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? After it falls short, are they willing to keep going? I am. You know, and just wanting to be that Michael Jordan or that Michael Jackson is what's pushing me. Yep. And to know that that was your dream and your passion, to see that you have to ask somebody for, I don't want. I don't want you to have to ask nobody. I want you to walk in that bitch and they come ask you for the opportunity. And that's what's been driving me. And that's been driving me from day one since I started. I never told you that story when you were shooting me down. But I always told Ma that story. You know what I'm saying? I tell everybody that story. I'm going to make sure whether he see that vision or not. I want my brother, out of all the hard work that he put in, not having a childhood. He does not deserve to giving up all of that. To grow up as an adult and still not be where he feel like he should be. I refuse to let that happen. And I won't let that happen. And that's why I've been grinding the way that I'm grinding. My whole family, kids, brothers, my mom, everybody under me is going to be straight because I'm going to make sure that happens. And I got you too. But I am so glad that the holidays is what finally got us to do this. Uh, I've been trying to get around the time that, to get you on and Try to get you comfortable enough to have time to do it because you've been doing your thing too. I have seeing people, you know, you got to be around family, your age, have fun, <laughs> be a kid. This yeah. is the only time you're able to be a real, real kid with yeah. no with no issues and no having to worry about homework or anything like that. Yeah. Got a little bit, but, you know, this is vacation. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm glad that you came. Um, but again, do you have anything going on that you would like everybody to follow you on your your tags, your Instagram? Do you have any shows that you want everybody to tune into? Let them know. Give them all the information you need, man, before we close out. So um, I'm on Instagram, official, Jalen Parker, J-A-L-E-N-P-A-R-K-E-R. Um, Facebook, Snapchat, everything, Jalen Parker. TikTok, official, Jalen Parker. Um, I just dropped an EP called Aura, available everywhere. And um, yeah, pretty much it, man. Hey, man. And that's that's the brotherly love we got. You know, so follow my bruh, my little brother, my real blood brother, <laughs> my sickening little brother that grew up in the same house with me, and Jalen Parker. And again, this is JP, and we in the rabbit hole in the FWM podcast. Bye with me. Gio, hey, hey. That's how we do, nigga. GA, nigga. Georgia, stand the fuck up, nigga. nigga. Hey, y'all ready? Well, yeah. Hey, get them A's up, nigga. Stand a chance in the game.